Good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well today. We're rolling, transitioning from Thanksgiving. Hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving right into the Christmas season. We've got a couple of your favorite Christmas songs this morning. Now, we'll let you know we're having a little bit of a technical difficulty with our large screens this morning. So if you can put on your spectacles, we do have the words on this screen. So try to follow us along this morning as best you can. This is a fast-moving song. Hey, stand with us as we, uh, as we sing today. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, holding to the sun above. Let me sin and sadness, watermelon, some other words like that. Just don't sing real loud, all right? We're going to try this again here. Verse 2. All our words rejoice around the earth and every flag to raise. Stars and Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? So as I was standing, my name's Eric, one of the pastors here. As I was standing out front, it was so awkward, like on these Sundays right after Thanksgiving, but before Christmas. I know it's the Christmas season. We're coming into it. It's great. I'm sure some of you have already got your like lights up on your house, hopefully. Uh, some of the people on my block had it done like back way in October time, and I was like, yeah, I'm lazy. But it's, the, it's a weird like, hey, good morning. How is your post-Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday gonna happen tomorrow. You just, it's a weird Sunday to be able to say hello, but I'm glad that you're here. If you're new with us for the first time or been here maybe a couple times, please come and see me out in the lobby. I'd love to just get to know you a little bit better. We have a gift for you. Be able to hand you some stuff about our church and the ministries of our church. Hopefully you guys got a bulletin on your way in. There's a lot of great things that we'll announce. And then we t officially today, we start a Christmas series called The Christmas Dilemma. And uh, Pastor Steve's going to help unpack that in our message, but we're going to creatively present the characters of the Christmas narrative uh, for you each and every week. So we hope that that will inspire you not only to just dig deeper into the narrative of Christmas, but also maybe invite some friends to be able to see sort of a, a, an approach that's a little bit 
just creative and, and something that could be, um, you know, thought-provoking. So would you do me a favor as you're standing around and as, as we've been led by the worship team, would you just say hello to each other real quick and then we're going to continue in worship here in just a second. this just a little bit you all know this chorus Circumstances would change 
December to celebrate the hope that we have because of that beautiful baby boy that was born in a manger. I hope you just take these moments to just take in what that meant for us because and without that we would be destined for devil's hell. But we can celebrate that this morning because the beautiful name of Jesus. Sing along if you know this word, song.
Joseph, when he went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was in the house in the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. This is not how I thought this would be, God. Look, I don't want Mary to hear this. But Lord, I'm just so overwhelmed right now. You see, we've got this child on the way and I'm, I'm just not ready. Lord, is this how you saw Mary's life and my life forming together? I was born into the lineage of David, but seriously, this? I mean, what business do I have raising a king? Lord, you know me as a humble man, not an irresponsible one. But look where I've landed us. I've landed us in a barn. God, I've, I've planned things out my whole life. I worked hard. I saved my money. 
I'm just trying to do everything right here, Lord. And you see, the others, they planned for the census. They got here early. And what do I do? I show up with my pregnant wife, who's hours from birth after a 90-mile journey, and I can't even find a room. This is not how I thought we would bring a child into the world, especially your child. Lord, I don't talk about dreams much. I mean, who am I kidding? I'm a carpenter, not a poet. Besides, what are dreams except to just disappoint us in the end? I guess, I guess that's my father talking. And God, you see, Mary, she tried to tell me that you had better plans for us, but I just didn't believe her. I thought the worst, and I tried every which way to get out of it all. But then you showed up. You showed up in a dream. Lord, I guess that's the only time I could ever talk to you long enough. I was in a dead sleep. And Lord, I know, I know, I'm not the first guy to have his plans all be rearranged by you. And I'm certainly not gonna be the last guy either. But, Lord, I gotta tell you, this, this whole thing, it just feels like it's set with thorns. But it also feels like it's gonna change the world. It's just, God, I don't feel like I'm a world-changing kind of father. You see, there are far more men in this world who are a lot braver than I am. And God, I know who I am. And you've got the wrong guy. Lord, what I'm trying to say here is that I'm just not enough. I'm not enough. No, but you know what, Lord? If you see a flicker of something inside this sawdust-covered heart of mine, well, Lord, I'm willing to take a detour. A really, really big detour. But God, I promise you this. Even if at times I feel like I'm not enough, Lord, I will still give you all that I have. Some people are planners and analyzers and others, they're more spontaneous. Planning is good, but sometimes the best of plans have a way of not working out. And when plans do not work out, especially for those who place a lot of effort into plans, Well, that creates problems. And this quite often leads to what we know as a a dilemma. A dilemma is a situation in which a difficult choice has to be made between two or more alternatives, especially quite often they are undesirable type of choices that have to be made. The Christmas story is filled with characters who face all sorts of dilemmas and problems, or you might call them maybe opportunities, but choices that had to be made between different alternatives, not easy ones that 
men and women of the Christmas story were faced with. In a series called The Christmas Dilemma, as described earlier, we're going to look at some of these characters who were a part of the Christmas story and the choices that they had to make that presented itself in a major dilemma. It's not difficult to determine how Joseph, as was portrayed this morning, had to be uh, make some choices that he didn't plan on. And he had to adapt to life as the new father of who is going to be Jesus as he approached life. Now, because of Joseph being who he was in his profession, no doubt he was a planner, and we can see evidence of that throughout Scripture. Every this or everyday ordinary blue-collar handyman who resided in Nazareth was very methodical. You've heard the old saying, measure twice, cut once, right? I like to do measure three times and cut twice, typically. <laughs> it's my problem sometimes. As a carpenter, Joseph would have not only practiced this, measure twice, cut once in his life, it would have been a way of life for him, as we also can deduct from the brief description that we have of who he was. And I can see in my mind him working away in the workshop somewhere on a, a project that someone maybe had commissioned him to do and uh, making a piece of furniture for for someone else, or maybe even at this point, for his soon-to-be bride to be placed in their home that they were going to share together. He's in a shop. He's in a space. And all along this time, I think he's probably thinking about what his new life is going to be like. Can't wait until he is joined was betrothed, his bride-to-be, Mary. He wanted to make sure all the planning and of the plans that he had developed would work out. Everything would be in place and in order. Unlike men of today, probably, I, I suppose that Joseph would have been one who would actually read the instructions. And there wouldn't be a box of leftover parts when he's finished putting it all together. There, he was what has been described as a ready-aim-fire kind of guy. Not that he was inflexible, but he just had plans in his mind that seemed to make sense. Unbeknownst to him... God was going to reveal a different kind of plan that often I think we are faced with because we have these plans that we make out in our minds and uh, oftentimes God says otherwise. I mean, it's described in, in Scripture this way. Way back in Old Testament days where Proverbs 19.21 says, we can make a lot of plans, but the Lord would do what He has decided. Have you ever experienced that? You know what I'm talking about. 
You have this plan all worked out in your mind of how life is going to go, and all of a sudden God comes along and He interrupts this plan because God has a different purpose in mind for what we had planned that we wanted to do. Before we understand the big purpose of God in our lives, it's not uncommon for this thing called doubt to creep into our minds and cast a shadow, creating a dilemma when that situation happens. It's like, I don't get this, God. Why would you interrupt the plans that I have made? This, this doesn't fit with what I had worked out all in my mind. And when that happens, it creates a dilemma. In Joseph's case, he faced a, a Christmas dilemma of doubt. When the plans that he made were shattered upon hearing the news that his betrothed wife, Mary, was pregnant. According to his plans, this was not how it was supposed to go. We pick up the story in Matthew chapter 1. We'll read that part of it, and then I'll come back and kind of break that down with different verses. As we go through the story, it goes like this in verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been built to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he shall, will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means, say it with me, God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel had commanded him to do. He took his wife but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. There's a couple of accounts of this. One is in Matthew's gospel, the other is in Luke. And, and Matthew's gospel, is a, it allows the readers to consider this, this birth of Jesus from Joseph's perspective, while Luke's allows us to look at it from Mary's perspective. Biblical scholars suggest that Matthew's account stresses the divine origin of Jesus. We see this when the description says he was of the Holy Spirit, conceived of the Holy Spirit. In verses 18 and 20, both speak of this and reaffirm that God was in this by the power of the Holy Spirit. It emphasizes Jesus' divinity. It, his existence, the divinity of Jesus, 
did not depend on Mary's virginity, but rather upon the conception by the Holy Spirit. Luke's account seems to accentuate the divine power and grace involved in Jesus' birth process. It talks about how Mary was, was greeted by the angel as one being identified as the favored one, the favor not of her own doing, but rather of God as he decided to pour out his favor upon her. She, as described, was full of grace because she received freely from God, not because of who she was before God sent Gabriel with the news and the plans of the purpose that he had in store as the mother of Jesus. How could all this be? Well, eventually the angel says that nothing is impossible with God. A worthy saying for us to remember in our lives. This dilemma that she faces that we'll talk about next week, it, it, she had to say yes to this. And she actually says it by what Scripture says, let it be according to your word that I will do this. Back to Joseph. Don't you know he had doubts? When he learned about his soon-to-be wife being pregnant we would too right men we would wouldn't we we'd wonder hey what's going on here I, I haven't known you and yet my wife soon to be wife is found with child she comes back from visiting her cousin. You can't help but wonder what in the world happened to this woman that I love so much, if you're in Joseph's shoes. And this pregnancy invaded her plans, that his, his plans that he'd already started planning long before. While Scripture specifically does not tell us exactly how Joseph felt, we can put ourselves in that position and understand how he must have felt. There certainly would have been a, 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 this feeling of betrayed, of being hurt, no doubt angry in the situation. I'm sure there were times of sadness. No doubt there would have been embarrassment over this and confusion and frustration, feeling somewhat defeated. All these emotions would have been legitimate feelings that would have been conjured up inside of him. We understand that. We experience those when our plans don't work out, and they get blown up, boom, just like that. Joseph had lived his life up until this time, says he was a righteous man. 
with impeccable character and integrity, and he had waited and planned for this moment and the start of this new family that he was going to have with this woman. He, he's preparing. He's getting their home ready as they would have done. He would have enjoyed the time together working up to the marriage celebration. We get a description of this in the parable about how a marriage takes place and how they would have worked up to that time, to the expectation that the, the, the bride would be waiting for the husband to come. But all that, poof, it's not going to happen now. How could she be carrying a baby? He certainly understands the logical way that a baby is formed. It's not his. And started going through his mind, neither was she going to be. I'm pretty sure Joseph, because of his trade, was quite accustomed to working out problems. Okay, Just, I've got it. You know, I'm a problem solver. That's part of what I do. So I'm sure he started thinking, I've got to come up with a plan. However, what do you do in this situation? You ever been there? There's no playbook. Like, I don't know where to turn. Now, there was this thing he could look at called Jewish law that says he has a right to dissolve the agreement to marriage and could have gone so far as to having Mary prosecuted, even, I mean, this is drastic, even put to death for what she had done. And so he's working all this, trying to work all this out in his mind, and he actually has about three options that he's having to look at. Make a big scene about it. Go public, let Mary suffer the consequences for, uh, of the time. But he loves her. And he doesn't really want to take that approach because it's going to expose her to public disgrace. Or he could just divorce her quietly. He could, as a third option, just going through with the marriage. He's trying to work all this out. And he would have been completely justified in any of the choices that he made. Under no obligation to continue the relationship. However, and I'm so glad there was a however. In verse 19, it shows us something about who Joseph, this planner, really was to his core. And her husband, Joseph, watch this, being a just man and one willing to put her to shame, he resolves to divorce her quietly. Let's not embarrass her. So this is kind of where he's at. This is my solution. Nobody's going to fault me. I don't like it. This woman I love. 
D.A. Carson, the biblical scholar, says this, because Joseph was a righteous man, he therefore could not in good conscience marry Mary, who was now thought to be unfaithful. And because such a marriage would have been a tacit admission of his own guilt, and also because he was unwilling to expose her to the disgrace of public divorce, Joseph therefore chose a quieter way, permitted by the law itself. The law allowed for a private divorce before two witnesses. That's what, that was what Joseph proposed. It would leave both the, his righteousness, his conformity to the law, and his compassion intact. Makes sense. He has to come up with a new plan. Kind of lost in this because we're so accustomed to the story for the real feelings that he must have been going through. Doubts. It's my plan, but now it's like not ready, aim, fire. It's ready, aim, aim, aim. A new plan plan he doesn't fly off the handle he just figures out a new plan and in his methodolic methodical way he figures out what he can do the bible says as he considered these things showing how methodological he was thinking through mulling over his plans, analyzing them carefully. Wore him out, I'm sure. You ever been to that point? He just, I'm just so over all of this. I just, I'm so tired and worn out physically and mentally. You just sleep. You get to that point. Probably also a sign of depression. But you go to sleep like he does. I just got to get some rest before I go through all of this. Remember, I mean, this is his new plan, but there's a problem with the plan, which so often happens to our plans. God has a different purpose. Remember what we read earlier, many of the plans of a mind and man, but the, it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand, you can't interfere with God's plans. Now, you can mess it up for yourself, but God's plan is always going to be fulfilled. After Joseph makes the decision, which was no doubt a very difficult decision in a difficult situation, timing begins to take place. God allows Joseph to wrestle with the situation. Quite often he does that, does he not? It's really a test of, of faith. It's a test of discipline. It's a test of what, how have you trusted God in times past? How has he fulfilled himself to you? He allows us, however, to wrestle with situations that, that arise, and God was allowing Joseph to wrestle with this, lets him feel the struggle, but then he does something, he intervenes in a supernatural way through a dream. Watch this in verse 20. 
But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of Davis, do not fear. Let me just stop here a second. It is a sweet, sweet feeling when you've wrestled with something and you've just been stressed out about it and torn to pieces over it and finally you get to the point where you've turned it over to God and God speaks in that moment and says I've got everything under control that's a sweet place to be it's almost miraculous God comes to him in a dream and starts telling him hey I know you have plans, but I got a different plan for you. What is happening to you and Mary, it's part of a plan. It is no accident, Joseph, that I chose you and Mary to allow Jesus to be born into your family. He didn't just, God didn't just start Hmm, let me just see. Um, let me check this out. Let me find uh Well, here's a, well, it's not a couple, but, you know, here's a man, a girl, a young girl, and a guy. Y'all not a thing, are you? Not? Okay, well, you want to be a thing? We could fix you up. <laughs> anyway, he didn't just say, oh, let me just try to, try to pick out somebody here. You look like good people. We just let you be fulfill God's plan for you. You want to do it? Right, you don't have to answer that. It's already been done. You got to, you're, you're cool with it, all right? He didn't just randomly walk around trying to scour who on earth can I choose? Well, this has been planned out long ago. And now he's going to fulfill a perfect plan in their lives. There's a purpose, Joseph, for Mary being pregnancy, pregnant, and now you have to fit into this plan. It's a serious, God-sized purpose for an unplanned pregnancy that interrupts their plans, their blueprint for marriage. God says there's a greater purpose. It was a plan of God that came to Joseph in a dream when he slept and started having a new plan being drawn up for him. God's plan. Again, it's God's plan had been put into place years earlier. Matthew tells us this. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Lot years before. 
The Lord had really been waiting to fulfill this plan, this purpose, this coming together in Joseph's plan and Mary's plan. All this had been determined 700 years earlier and prophesied by Isaiah. Now here we come, Mary. Generations later, would be found with immaculate conception bearing the flesh of God incarnate. Don't miss what happens next as God ensured Joseph would get these new set of plans with purpose as he dreamed. When Joseph woke from the dream, he did as the angel commanded him he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Watch this. Joseph obeyed God. Mindful of everything that it meant for him personally, and all that he would give up, he obeyed. That is an example of the strong faith that he had in God long before the dream takes place, long before the dilemma takes place. He had already established this kind of faith in God, and now he obeys what God tells him to do revealed in a dream. He, he trades this position of strength and, and embraces all the things that's going to come afterwards because people are going to talk. If it had been Facebook back then, it had been all over the place. It had been people, well, it's, not, it's not Twitter anymore, it's X. People would have been Xing out this couple for sure. Shame and ridicule, potential loss of stature and respect in the community. As he embraces this fiance, carrying a child that's not his, in the midst of this incredible, difficult situation, Joseph chooses to obey. What started out as a dream, he had a choice then of continuing to live out the dream that God had for him. He does what God tells him to do. Wakes from asleep, and now he's got a new plan. All that doubt had been replaced with obedience. Would there be additional dilemmas along the way? Why, sure there would be. You know why? Because all marriages have dilemmas that come up. Every one of us experienced that. However, what was going to hold this marriage together among other things was going to be the dream of Mary and Joseph raising the Son of God. The purpose of His coming. 
I want to give you a few practical points as we have looked at this story. What do you do when you don't fully understand what God is doing and uh, there arises in your life a dilemma of doubt? Have you ever had one? What do you do? I think one of the first things you remember is you're not the first one to have a dilemma of doubt. Dilemmas of doubt are normal. When God's interrupting your plans and things are changing and sometimes changing so rapidly around you that you're just kind of holding on, it might do you some good to realize if doubt arises of what God is doing, that's a normal thing. Joseph experienced it, no doubt. And if he was going to be this this earthly father of, 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 of Jesus, if it was okay for him to have doubt, then certainly it must be okay for us to have doubt. We don't have to fully understand what God is doing, but what we should always keep in mind that God has it figured out and there's a plan. Life at times doesn't seem to make sense. Believe me on this, God does not do things that always make sense to us. But He never does things that don't make sense. There's purpose. And just because it doesn't make sense to us doesn't mean it doesn't make sense to Him. You know what our problem is? We just haven't seen the whole big picture yet. We just have to be patient. We don't know his whole design, but he does. This is seen throughout, all throughout the Bible. You see people in situations that they're placed in that it didn't work out according to their plan, and God interrupts it and says, wait a minute, I've got some different plans that you're going to have to do. Now, are you going to be obedient to this? Events happen in people's lives that defy logic and the natural progression of life. But, you know, God works through that. Certainly the case of Joseph and Mary. This is a part of what we in the church called faith. Faith. Faith says that even though I don't understand God, I'm willing to trust Him. Faith, trust, and obedience, they all go hand in hand together. And when you have that, it helps dispel doubts. I trust you because I have faith in you and in your promises. If you say, God, I'll follow you as long as I understand what's going on, guess what? That's not trust. You know, God, I need a plan here. I need to see where we're going. If you demand that of God, you're, God's, you're not trusting me. Trust says, I follow you even when I don't understand how this 
situation here fits into the big picture. I'll trust you. I'll trust you because I know you have my best interest at heart. I, I trust you that if I follow, you're not going to lead me in some place that's going to do harm to me. Trust is a huge part of the life of faith. Does God ever do anything in life that doesn't seem to make sense? Certainly He does. Trust Him when He does. Here's the second point I would tell you. you know, just kind of hit on it. It's trust in God's plan. All of us go through different kinds of events. Some are happy and some are very difficult. Some have been and will be life-changing, life-altering types of events. Life has a way of changing. This week, I, it's probably not going to be surprise you when I tell you that I went Black Friday shopping for some tools. Wouldn't surprise anybody a bit, would it? I found a few deals. And when I, one of the stores I went to, there is a um, former well-known weatherman who retired, was on one of the local stations for many years. Uh, if I called his name, you would recognize it. I'm not going to call his name, but he's now working as a retirement at one of these wood stores. And, and I was buying a few things also for the uh, photo stop that we're doing building out here while I was at this store and um, so I, I bought it on the church's account so we wouldn't have to pay tax and and I'd run into this fella a few times before and he said um, when I told him I was going to put it on the church's credit card he said um, are you the pastor there I said yes I am he said, how long have you been pastoring there? I said, well, about 20-something years. I said, my dad was there. You know the story and before that. And he said, so what's changed in the last 20 years as a pastor? I just laughed. I said, what hasn't? I could have just started a whole litany of changes that have happened since 2003 in the life of this church. In about every two years or so, we have major change that takes place. Change is going to happen in life. And you know what? As I look back over all these changes that have happened since 2003, there's a couple of things I would say to you. God has always been faithful. Always. And he's seen us through some tough times. Has it always been pleasant? No way. But the other thing I would tell you is, I wouldn't change anything. Because even though there were times that was tough and life-altering, I saw God at work. God's going to see us plan through. We just have to trust it. No matter what events take place in our lives, the ups, the downs, 
questions, the doubt. Why is this happening? Why isn't this happening? My time of not understanding, God, what you're doing. None of that changes the character of God, His promises, and His faithfulness to us. And here's the third practical thing I'll leave you with. Obey God no matter what. Now, I don't want to stand up here and say, have this pretend that I've always done that. There have been times when I haven't, recently even. But I can tell you this. When I choose to obey God, life goes much better. Obedience followed Joseph's doubt. He did as he was commanded. Faith and obedience and obedience and faith. Two sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the other. Joseph had faith in God that when this dilemma, this dilemma showed up in his life, his faith taught him, allowed him, gave him confidence to be obedient. Even though places of obedience are not always comfortable, we see this in Joseph's life. However, obedience to God carries out his plan. As we'll find out later, Herod tried to destroy all of this. But in spite of what Herod tried to do, God's plan was fulfilled. Which kind of takes me to this final thought here. Circumstances, people, events, they're always going to try to interfere with our obedience to God our trust to Him. But just as we see in this story, God's plan was still fulfilled, and when we choose that, His plan is fulfilled in our lives. You have a Christmas dilemma of doubt going on in your life right now? You can look back to the story and see how Joseph handled it and see God work through it just as he'll work through yours. Would you pray with me, please? There may be some folks here, Father, this morning. And you just have this way of doing it. To have exactly the message prepared, not by me, but your timing for someone that it really needs to speak to. I don't know who that might be, but certainly you know. And I pray as we're here in this place right now, that if there's someone who has this dilemma of doubt in their mind of what's going on, somehow right now, They'll just go before you and say, I need help with this.
And through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, you would just speak into their lives. Maybe, it's quite often happens, maybe you don't just lay out a plan as to how all this is going to work out. But Father, just speak into the lives of the confidence of knowing that you're walking with them during this time of doubt. And give them the assurance that it's all going to be okay. Search us. Holy Spirit, look into our hearts. Reveal to us what we need to see, what we need to know. And Father, help us be obedient as to what you're leading us to do. Maybe it's someone who needs to give their life to Jesus. They've been stressing over it, thinking about it, wondering if I should do, should or should not do it. Maybe there's been a struggle, a war going on between the Holy Spirit and Satan himself, just and they're trying to determine who's going to win in this. Who's, who am I going to really trust? Father, if someone needs to give their life to Jesus, I pray today they'll allow Jesus to win. For some other business, Father, someone needs to take care of today. Would this be the day that that dream becomes reality in their lives? as we trust you and are obedient. In Christ's name I pray. Stand please. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him.
as we begin this Christmas season just on the hills of Thanksgiving we are thankful that you chose to interrupt this world by sending your son Jesus to come into it that would give us a plan a plan a perfect plan that frees us from sin gives us a hope and a tomorrow and eternity we're grateful for that father and help us as we go through this season to see how you continue to work people's lives and 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 you've been doing it ever since to never forget it was jesus that we celebrate and it's in his name we pray amen maybe see you please amen thank you so much you uh, will notice in your bulletin there's a lot of things uh, coming up associated with the christmas season uh, today our lottie moon christmas post office is open so we encourage you um, to go by and uh, begin your delivery of christmas cards the boxes aren't out there yet but boxes are not out there no it's I not open no, today not open today well, that's false advertising you can uh, let and, me just and, set and you, and what's let, even worse is i didn't even notice it as i walked through let me set you straight on a few things <laughs> why don't you do that it will be open so if you'd like Good. to leave your cards you're more than happy to do so We'll make sure they get in the right boxes when it is out there, there, there because you're going to be the one putting that. the boxes out. I have to take my, go through my ABCs there. <laughs> Can you get to Z is the question. Well, I don't know. I hope there's no Zs in here. Uh, hey, I do want to let you know that this coming um, Tuesday, this coming Tuesday is uh, one of my favorite days um, where we all gather together, not everyone, but a lot of us gather together to uh, make this uh, place God's house look so festive as we celebrate the Christmas season and so we'll be assembling here at nine o'clock um, on Tuesday morning I realize that everyone can't do that but those that can we invite you to come and join us we'll be putting some trees and all kinds of decorations up around the building and all over campus and uh, we'll be serving you lunch after that as well so just a really sweet time of decorating and fellowship so I encourage you to be here on Tuesday uh, this coming Saturday exciting uh, that's called but jesus first and um, there's coffee there's fellowship all kind of great things that's for our women's ministry that's going to be between 8 30 and 9 30 that'll be in the church foyer so uh please come be a part of that and then lastly here is the favorite things we've mentioned that last week um, but we know that there's going to be more people come than have signed up already we're just asking you just if you think you're coming sign up just so we can be prepared for you that's going to be coming up on Thursday evening, November the 30th, um, at 6.15. A great, a great time. It's this coming Thursday. Yeah. A great time of fellowship, cookies. And, um, and if you have any questions about that or you haven't been there, um, ask Lisa, ask um, any of the ladies, almost any of the ladies here. Lynn certainly would be able to give you that information. And uh, just a really, really fun day. So we encourage you to come and be a part of that. So, hey, Tacky, would you stand up just for a second for me, please? I don't want to embarrass you. Yeah, just for a second. Yeah, please. Yeah, thank you. Okay, this is Jackie, and you, thanks. You can have a seat now. But I, I want to tell you about Jackie. Jackie 
and her husband Tom moved down here from the northeast a few years ago and come into our church. Jackie has been doing photography. Actually, both of them are retired police officers, but Jackie has also done some photography, and she's going to be kind enough over the next several weeks, I think there's one Sunday she's not, but uh, to be taking some family photos. We're going to have several places uh, where you, a family can get their photographs made for the Christmas season. Uh, one is going to be inside the, the uh, foyer out there. We'll have a, she's provided a nice backdrop, and she's volunteered to to take your family photo if you would like to do that on Sunday morning. So uh, you can think about that. We're going to have some of the usual places set up if you want to get some other pictures that you have accustomed to doing, as well as the photo stop that you may have seen is partially built, okay? Uh, and uh, some guys showed up this past week to start that process. But we're hoping by Wednesday our Nolansville Community Photo Stop is going to be finished up and ready for people to take photographs. And actually, we're thinking about maybe there might be two different scenes where someone can come along and get your pictures made, one on this side and one on the other side, if we have time to work it out, if it doesn't get too code, okay? So, and, and I'll, I'll give you a, kind of a, a primer as to what it is. It looks like it's going to be sort of a... Did you know a train comes through Nolansville or used to? Well, not really, but we're going to have a depot. <laughs> we're going to have our own depot here with railroad tracks and everything. So you can, you can uh, get a picture made at our train depot starting Wednesday. Okay? All right, sound good? You ready to go home? Ready to go home? Okay, then go home. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of our pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us. And he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.